Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scoop B Radio. Scoop B Radio. In your area code. On your aux cord. On the TV screen. On the internet everywhere you want to be. I am branded Scoop B Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast on Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or Apple Podcasts. Or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. Scoop B Radio is brought to you by Wooter Apparel. Use the promo code Snoop and save 20% on your first purchase over at Wooter Apparel on the line right now. is probably uh, one of the top point guards to ever come out from New York City is none other than Rob Strickland on the line. What's going on, good brother? What's happening? What's going on? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I, I know about you, the reputation. You and I first bumped into each other out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get into Kenny Smith's party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we couldn't get in. And they let Dr. J, but, you know, I get He walked right through. I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I first heard about you from my uncle, uh, Bill, the late Billy Rawls, over at Citywide at Riverbank State. Park. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's man. That's kind of the beginning, man. That that was those were the days, man. That's like man. I was what nine, ten years old back then. Citywide, we used to love Citywide. Man. What was the scene like? Who were some of the people that were you were playing with that were in your age group that maybe went on to the NBA that that were not playing in the city at the time? Uh, yeah, back then, I don't know, like, who was, I don't know if anybody who really made it to the NBA, uh, in, in, in my years, mm-hmm. but I played against a lot of guys. You know, I remember Tony Childs was coaching at Tulane, uh, uh, University of Tulane now. Uh, I remember playing against him, you know, a guy named Terrence Broadhead from Manhattan who used to be a problem. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of guys, but there's nobody, uh, that, that that made it to the NBA from you know from from way back then you know citywide young days. Rush Chicken on the line, Scoopy Radio talking basketball. Now, one thing that I just watching your game over the years, um, I feel like the ninety five ninety six uh, season. You, you guys were, were playing against the Bulls in the first round that year in the playoffs, correct? Right. Why do you think? 
I look at guys like Sam Cassell during his time with the Nets. You guys are just those point guards that never really got the recognition or the the all-star nods. Did that ever bother you? Uh, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Because I I definitely believe I deserve to be an all-star. I think there's probably about four or five years for sure that I could have been an all-star. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. Uh, I would love to be now that I'm retired for someone to introduce me on former All-Star Rush. I would love that. But, you know, it's life. That's how it goes. Uh, I think I think with me, can't speak for Sam. I think Sam made it one year, if I'm, if I'm not for sure. But for me, I think, you know, reputation, I don't think coaches, you know, the coaches would have had to vote for me. I wasn't going to get voted by the fans. And I think the coaches kind of uh, decided not to vote for me, you know, for whatever reason, you know, been through some things, you know, had some situations. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they really just decided we're not voting for him. Uh, so I just never had a chance to make it. But when we go by stats and performance on the floor, there's no doubt about it. I think I should have been all-star probably three, four, five times. Which four or five, which year specifically do you think you really deserve that? Uh, I, I can't go with all the, I don't know all the years, but you know, mm-hmm. my years in Portland, I know five years, I think you can look up those numbers uh, that I could have been on at least four of, of five of my years in Portland or uh, in D.C. I mean, I, I, uh, I led the league in assists, so I think 97, 98, and I was all NBA second team, so... If you vote me all NBA second team, you're telling me I'm top 10 in the league. So, you know, not to make the All-Star that year was kind of uh, uh, incredible. But there's, 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 there's my year in Portland, you know, for, for at least four years. Um, my, my years in, uh, in Washington, you know, I think you can go to two or three of them. And you can look at them, you know, whether you think all of them or not. But I think you'll find four or five of the years that I could have been an All-Star. Scoopy Radio on the line with Rosh Strickland. He uh, started the, uh, the Kyrie Irving and Rod Strickland Summer Basketball League. I was on a show the other day, and I told them that Kyrie Irving was your that Kyrie Irving is your godson. They were like, are you serious? I said, you don't yeah. see that ball handling work? It's, it's in the water from Big Irv, his father, and it transferred from yeah. him to Rod. I mean, do you yeah. feel like, it's weird that people don't know that. Was it quietly kept? Like, do you feel like a lot more people are realizing it now? Well, I think people find out as it goes on. You know, like I've known the Irvin family since third grade, so I knew Kyrie before Kyrie knew himself. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, me, me, me and Deja grew up together. Probably spent like every day with each other growing up. You know, in, in the parks playing basketball, just in the neighborhood messing around. But you know, it's not something that you know has to be uh, broadcasted or whatever. We're family. We know that. Uh, you know, so I, I look from afar. I love watching him play. I love uh, his progress. You know, I, I love what, he, what he's doing as a as a as a young man and as a hooper. Uh, and then I give Dedrick all the credit in the world because I watched him raise it. You know, mm-hmm. as a single parent. You know, mom's past, God bless. But I watched Dedrick as a single parent. We used to call him Mr. Mom. You know what I'm saying? So I watched him, and, and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of, 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 of uh, you know, how he raised him. You know, him and his sister, Asia. You know, I know the uncles, the aunts, you know, the whole family. 
you know, you know, with family. When did you know that he was special? How old was he when you actually saw him play and knew he was special? Well, I'll say this to you. You got to understand, I was hoping. So I was on the road a lot. So, you know, I would see Colin from time to time coming in. But Dedrick always tells me a story when we were in the gym uh, in the Bronx. I think it might have been my Haven uh, project. And, and we used to go there and hoop. And he said, Dedrick, uh, Kyrie had a ball. He was real little. And, he, and I told him that one day he's going to make you some money because he was handling the ball, you know, really well, you know, at a real young age. But mm-hmm. I, I went, when I, my brother called me, my, my uh, little brother Byron called me, and Kyrie was in ninth grade. And he said, Rod, he's a pro. Now, my brother is not, he's not giving a lot of credit to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just, don't, he just don't dish it out like that. So when he told me that, I was like, really? He said, man, he's a pro. So I wanted to, my first eyes on Kyrie uh, as a hooper, I saw him play in the Springfield, Massachusetts, when he was at, uh, where was he at? And I mean, you know, in a in a competitive setting. Mm-hmm. He was at uh, St. Pat's. Mm-hmm. And I saw him, and then I saw him at the LeBron James camp. And once I saw him at the LeBron James camp, I knew he was, he was, he was ridiculous. Cause I saw the right hand and the left hand and all the layups and how he maneuvered. And it was funny cause I was having conversations with people and they were telling me he's not a point guard. He's not a point guard. He's a point guard. I see the instincts. You know, he made passes, but he was, he was such a gifted scorer that he could put the ball in the hole. But, uh, I knew he was special right away. Like, there's some things that, you know, everybody's not doing. So when I see somebody play, with both hands, the way he was playing with it in high school, I mm-hmm. mean, that's special. You just don't see it. You don't see that a lot. Would he fit in your generation's NBA? Absolutely. Okay. He would have been a problem. Like, and, and I'm not saying, you know, people say, oh, his family, you know, he did a homer. I mean, just look at the game. He can shoot the ball. He finishes with the best of them. He can take contact. He has the mid-range. Uh, you know, he can pass the ball, get him out of the open court. So he, you know, you check all the boxes with him, and he's physical. So that physical stuff that was going on back in the day, it's, you know, I mean, let's just say, you know, I handled it pretty well. He got a lot more stuff than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As far as uh, the new way to get in the paint and get by people, so I, I think he would have been. I think he would have been as special as he is now. I think he's one of those that transcend just because of the skill level and the physicality. Raj Tukumumum on Scoopy Radio. He and Kyrie Irving are having their summer basketball league in the Bronx. Tell me a little bit more about the uh, Kyrie Irving Raj Tukumumum summer basketball league. Well, I mean, just, uh, well, let me, let me back it up. I first started uh, uh, Young Athletes Inc. Uh, with Lamar Dyson. He used to coach me back in the day when I was 10, 12 years old with Sun Devils basketball. So somebody that I've known all my life always respected. So we got together, I want to say in the mid-90s, and in New York City, and cut back the budget in junior high school on sports. So we created a whole junior high school league in Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. Uh, it may have been Long Island, Staten but I know the four girls we put together, we had a coaching meeting, we had a full-fledged tournament. And then from there, we decided to do a summer league. Mm-hmm. 
resolved the Rouse kicker our summer league. And we had girls and boys. And it's just, it's just kind of grown and grown. You know, now we have teenage pregnancy prevention. We have sophomore teams. You know, we've taken the kids in museums, showing different, uh, uh, different things out there. Uh, you know, even basketball-wise, we're trying to show them that there's other things you can do in basketball besides being the actual player. You know, you got refs, you got the scorekeepers. Uh, you know, you have all these other things, all these other businesses that goes around. Those guys playing on the court. Everybody's not going to be a player, but you can be a part of that because there's different opportunities out there. So we're just trying to trying to improve the youth, trying to get them something to look forward to, trying to let them know how important education is. Uh, you know, it's like back in the day. I'm, when, when I played uh, AAU basketball, we had adults who were kind of mentors and, you know, they kind of cared about who you were as a person and tried to guide you in the right direction. So we're just trying to get that back. So. Well, something I've always been curious about. Number one, I, I feel like it was so cool, you being from the Bronx, going to Oak Hill Academy. You was on that way before Brandon Jennings and everybody else. Right. Why did you choose, why at that point did you chose, uh, excuse me, did you choose Oak Hill? Well, uh, I was at Truman High School. We won the state championship my junior year, I think it was 84. Steve Lapis was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Lapis wound up getting an assistant coach job at Vanderbilt. And so my senior year, he was gone. So ironically, so I started out in Rice High School uh, mm-hmm. in the ninth grade. So back in the day, we had to play. We were in Catholic school. We were ninth grade. We had to play freshman. We were tenth grade. We had to play JV. Then you moved up to varsity. Right. So after my after my tenth grade year, I wanted to move up to varsity. Beginning of my tenth grade year, I was playing. I was killing it. I was scoring a lot of points, and I just wanted a different challenge. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to move up to varsity. And they thought about it for a minute. They even brought me up for a practice. And then they decided that they weren't going to make any special reservations for me. You know, this is the way it goes. If you want to stay here, you play JV and then you play basketball. Then I decided to leave. And I went to Truman High School. Well, mm-hmm. the varsity coach wouldn't let me play. He wound up getting a training job when he locked me up. So I was like, I'm not playing with him. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this with him. So my mother was like, oh, you know, let's see how it works or whatever. So I, I kept trying to come out of it. You know, I didn't really stay there. So she said, well, let's go meet him. So we went up there to meet him. And it was funny because I was getting to see a lot at that time. And I never mm-hmm. really saw the office. And the guy was being a little arrogant. Uh, and then he basically said, you know, oh, he's taking over my recruitment now. And, you know, it just came off some, some kind of way. So we walked out that office. Somebody basically was like, do what you got to do. Please go wherever you want to go. So I convinced him to let me go to Oakland Academy. And Steve Lapis actually helped me. He found Oakland Academy for me. And, uh, you know, the rest of history. What was Oak Hill like back then? Was Steve Smith the coach back then? No, Steve Smith was the assistant coach. Okay. Uh, the, the head coach was uh, Larry Davis, who coaches at Cincinnati. Right now, he's assistant coach at Cincinnati, and Coach Smith was assistant coach. And I had a better relationship with Coach Smith. 
I've never mm-hmm. really ever called a long date. So, you know, it was a it was a culture, you know, obviously it was a big culture change. Uh I'm out there, I mean in the middle of nowhere, horses and cows, you know, just a whole different environment. Yeah. And I wanted to come home. There was plenty of times where I said I'm leaving. So Coach Smith and his family kinda helped me through that. I used to yeah. go to his house, eat grilled cheese sandwiches, play with his little kids, watch T V. But without that I would have never made it to Oak Hill. Just because there's nothing against Oak Hill because Oak Hill was great. But back then I'm from the Bronx. You know, I'm going away out here on Oak Hill It was just a whole different environment. But I love the team. You know, the people around there were great. Uh it's just that it was just different. But uh it, it was a great experience. And I feel like we're interconnected in this way. Um, I got my start in radio uh, in 97. So I, was, I had a radio show with the Net. I co-hosted a show with Albert King called Net Slam and Planet. And John Calipari was the head coach of the Nets at that time and vice president of basketball operations. And right. one of his players was Kevin Edwards, who was a team in New York with DePaul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why did you choose DePaul? Were there any other people offering you? Like, What, what made you decide that school out of any other school? Yeah, well, I was I, I was being recruited by mostly every school in the country, uh, but the Paul back then, you know, people don't know the Paul I know. The Paul back then was a top five, top ten, you know, top fifteen program. They were on TV all the time. We didn't have ESPN and Fox Network and all these great stations. Uh, we had ABC, NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. and and so the Paul was on TV. National TV, what, maybe five to eight times a year. I'm well, probably probably closer to eight times a year, mm-hmm. uh, either on NBC or CBS. So that was big. And I wanted to be on TV. And they also had WGN. And back mm-hmm. then, WGN was nationwide. Mm-hmm. So every game we played was on national TV. And I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be seen. I wanted people to see that I can play. Uh, also, DePaul had a, a rich tradition. Uh, they had a pipeline for guards in New York City and New Jersey. They actually had uh, uh, Gary Garland, Whitney Houston's brother, uh, Kenny Patterson from Queens was there, and mm-hmm. you know, a couple other guys from back east. So I knew of that pipeline. I was a big Kenny Patterson fan. You know, obviously, Mark McGuire, Terry Cummings, and those guys. Great. I watched them. They ran an open court style. You know, I knew my, my strengths and weaknesses, and I knew that I needed to be in a system that got up and down the court. And that's what I was best at. Uh, and DePaul kind of fit that bill. And, you know, Chicago, you always heard of Chicago, big city. Uh, so I kind of was attracted to DePaul. You know, I had other schools like Villanova, Pittsburgh, uh, Syracuse, Georgia. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh actually was my second school. If I didn't go to DePaul, I'd have went to University of Pitt with Charles Smith. I think about that now. We'd have a hell of a chance. Mm, yeah. So they had Charles Smith, Jerome Lane, uh, Kurt, uh, what is it, Kurt Aiken, Demetrius Gore, like, yeah. So, but, but DePaul was a great situation for me. Uh, and it was a great program, rich tradition, uh, and they were winning. So. I wanted to be part of them. I wanted to be seen, and I wanted to win. Rod, you gave Michael Jordan the business in the playoffs when you played. <laughs> how hard was that? You said what? How, 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 
how hard, how motivated were you? Going yeah, I'm about to life. say, I never looked at it as how hard it was. You know, and it's so funny because, you know, when you think of MJ, you know, a lot of people on the outside, obviously, and, and myself, we know he's one of the best ever, you know, up top. Uh, but, you know, as a player, you don't look at it like that. So I don't, I've never looked at it as being hard. Or, like, obviously, when you're playing against MJ and the Bulls, you got to be on your A game. Mm-hmm. And you got to be competitive. But, uh, you know, so it was always interesting playing against them guys. They used to put a, a few different people on me. Uh, but MJ, MJ and Scotty would find themselves guarding me at the end of the game. Uh, and they were, they were tough to play against. Because, number one, MJ 6'6", I don't know, Scotty 6'8", or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're quick. They got size. And then, you know, once you're the Bulls and you have this reputation, of being this great offensive and defensive team, you get away with some things too. So that, that makes it hard as well. But it was great playing against them. Uh, loved that challenge. Definitely wasn't easy, uh, but it was it, it was good. It was good. He played some defense on you though in '97. Have you? Who would you? Who do you think was a better defender uh, during your career, Michael or Kobe? Or who? Or Kobe. Or Kobe. I think MJ is the better defender. And Kobe was a great defender, but I think MJ is the better defender. I think MJ is a little taller, uh, maybe a little more active. I don't know. They're they both great. Because when I look at Kobe, MJ is like almost looking at the deal. You know what I mean? Because Kobe studied him so hard, and he did a lot of things just like him. But I, I, would, I probably would give MJ a little more on the defense. Why couldn't you and Mark Jackson make it with the Knicks together? I think the two of you could have ran that team playing like Joe Marvin and Isaiah Thomas. Man, it's crazy because I have this conversation with people and I always say if me and Mark was in big day and age, we could have played together. But at that time, at that time, it was about who's a point guard, who's a key guard, shooting guard, who's a small forward, who's a power forward, and who's a center. And you had these positions. And they put, they lined everybody up. Okay, I got my point guard, I got my backup point guard. Got my shooting guard, I got my backup shooting guard. Got my small forward backup, you know, and so on and so forth. And that's how the game works. So no one looked ahead and said, and said, I can play two point guards together, you know, because they can create, uh, they can make plays. And it's funny because Victor Keenan used to put us in the game at the end of the game when they were blowouts. Because he knew the crowd wanted to see that. And he would put us in the game, and we would play better than that. And we would have the crowd go and everything. But I always knew that it was either Mark or me. You know what I mean? And so one of us had to go, one of us had to leave. Yeah, you went to San Antonio. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm excited about that. Like, that was a great situation. You know, Larry Brown was a coach. Uh, you know, David Robson, bunch of young talent, Sean Elliott, Lee Anderson. Then you had vets like Terry Cummins, uh, Sidney Green. Uh, so it was, a, it was a great situation, David Wingate. Uh, and I was excited. I was excited to be a part of that. Where does LeBron James play next season? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just really got a haircut. It's one of the barbers. Showed me uh, the phone, and they had LeBron, 
Kawhi and Paul George in LA. I was like, wow, that would be interesting. I, I, and I kind of would love to see that. So I don't know where he's going. Uh, if they could put those three together, I would love to see that. I won't lie. But uh, I don't know. If there's, you know, San Antonio people are talking about, but now that Kawhi was to leave, I don't think that's going to happen. You have Philly. Uh, I don't know the Knicks with Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons beats the ball. I don't see him as a spot-up shooter. I don't see LeBron as waiting on him, waiting for the ball. But even if you pair them two together with John B or Carl Folks, like they're going to be, you know, they'll be a contender. Uh, you know, I heard some of our boys there. I think that would be interesting. I don't know about that one. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, also, Houston, you know, we're going to put in with James Harden. And Chris Paul, and how did that affect their two games? You know, those are two guys who like the ball, they have to stick the ball. Yeah, you have three guys who need the ball in their hands. So, I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios. I think the Lakers sound pretty good, but uh, who knows? The Wu Tang Clan dropped a song in '97 called Triumph, and the lyric goes Max mostly undivided and slotted, sickening. Guaranteed, made him jump like Rob Stricker. Yes, sir. Where were you the first time you heard that song? Man, I don't. I, I really don't know. I might have been out somewhere, but you know that 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 song has kept me relevant. <laughs> like <laughs> I walk out here all the time, and somebody either they'll say the lyrics to me, or, or they, you know they'll just talk about the song, or I'll hear it, you know, on the radio. So that's that's pretty cool to be able to still hear my name and people still remember that line. And I was a big time Wu Tang fan, uh, fan. So you know, I'm I'm honored that that my name is on that. And it's, and it's such a great record. You know, it's going to stand the test of time. You know, you will always remember the triumph. They will always play it. So that's kind of big. Why? Why do you always look mean when you were on the basketball court? I never, you know, it's funny, man. I just, I just always felt like, like, I, I always wanted to stay one way. I, I never wanted to be too high, too low. I never wanted anybody to be in the So, whether I was playing bad, whether I was struggling, or whether I was playing great, I wanted to be the same way. You know what I mean? Oh, but I was just in my head. So, I really didn't see a lot of emotion. Probably every, probably rarely every now and then. I got teammates to this day who mess with me about that. <laughs> they talk to me about how there were times on the court, like my college roommate turns great. He talks to me about that all the time. Uh, I was in Houston, and I, I don't know, I must have done something at N1, and he said he was jumping all up and down, and you know, I kind of stuck my head out a little bit. And, uh, you know, and, he, and he was offended by that, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, as he got to know me, he knew, you know, that's just how I was. But I don't know. I just always felt like you never let them see you slip. So, you know, whether you're struggling, whether you're playing well. And I wasn't into, like, showing people up, you know, outwardly. Like, I always thought you set people up by outplaying them or outworking mm-hmm. or beating them. So I never was, like, that overly aggressive in your face. You know, you had to really get up and ask you. And the other thing is, what I when I did show when I did show that kind of emotion, it kind of messed me up. You know what I mean? Like if I got too uptight and, and you know going back and forth with somebody, it just never worked out for me. So I always tried to stay in 
I used to look at like old NBA trading cards and I would see, I would say that um, you and someone like Bimbo Coles or Mookie Blaylock, y'all just look like point guards because you would wear like that one wristband on your left arm. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But it's funny because now we talked about the triumph uh, uh, record, but the thing about talking about me on there. People remember me a lot too for taping my fingers. Yeah. I get that a whole lot. I get people come up to me that I tape my fingers because of you. <laughs> and wow. so it's, 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 yeah, it's funny because, I mean, people do remember that. And I taped, I remember I taped like, I want to say five to six of my knuckles, like practically every game. Uh, and people remember that. People Were remember you prepared that. for a fight? Like, what, what, what made you do that? <laughs> well, I, I I was popping my fingers. You know, sometimes the ball hits you straight in the, mm-hmm. in the hand and like the tip of your fingers and mm-hmm. you pop them. So I, 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 I kept doing that. And so I just started taping it to try to prevent that. And then it just became like, you know, it's kind of like when Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Hamilton broke his broke his uh, face or broke his nose or whatever. Mm-hmm. He had the mask on, mm-hmm. and then it was all good. And then he kept wearing the mask. Yeah, that's kind of how the tape was. You know, it was to prevent something at one point, and then it just became a routine. So I was sitting in my chair before the game, but you know, get tape my fingers up, and it, it just became a routine. Was it the same thing with the wristband too? Was it just you, you were sweating yeah. or you wiped your hands? Yeah, same thing, same thing. Man. Just, you know, I probably saw somebody wearing it and said, I'm, I'm, let me give me a wristband. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious. Um, for me, I thought that the, the Washington Bullets jerseys were like the most simplest looking jerseys, particularly the white ones. And then they made a switch to the Washington Wizards. Which uniforms did you like better, the old Bullets or the old Wizards? I like the old Bullets. I like the old one. I like the old one. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just maybe I grew up watching bullets, you know, Earl Monroe, you know, Russell and those guys, Elvin Hayes. And I just identify that, you know, the bullets. I identify more the bullets with, with uh, DC, you know. And, uh, you know, I, my, my mother's from Baltimore, so I spent a lot of time up there when I was a young kid. And I just remember the bullets, you know. And I know we, we transitioned to the Wizards and they changed the colors, you know, uh, uh, they brought it back. But, you know, it's just, I, I just, I, I, I like the bullets. I like the way they look. I like the colors. I just like the way they look. Two more questions. One, bro, I've never seen you have one nap in your hair. You look like you were in an advertisement for the Ebony Duke Hair Grease in Ebony Magazine back there. How did you keep your hair so neat? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've gotten that too about my haircuts, and I, people tell me that. But I'm a lot of times, I my hair is just what it was. But I don't know. You know, that's one of them things you're just trying to, you know, not look crazy on TV. Sure. You, you just go and get your haircut. But I, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have a good answer for you. No, no, it's on. Last question. You are a native New Yorker. You played college ball in Chicago. Deep dish or thin crust? Wow, that's that's a tough one, man. Like, <laughs> that's probably the hardest question. Of, <laughs> you just gave me the hardest question because I love both. Like, every time I go to Chicago, 
every time I'm going to Giordano's. Yeah. Or I'm going to order Giordano's. Like, every time it's a must. And then New York pizza, man, you can't beat that. I can't even answer that, man, because if I go against New York, I can't go back to New York. But Chicago, <laughs> Chicago pizza is pretty good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give you a tie on that. I'm going to bail out on you on that one. I like Luminati's in, uh, Luminati's in uh, Chicago. Have you had that? No, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Because I'm going to eat this piece of pizza. Yeah, my st- it's, it's like, it's to me, the crust is, the only thing I can compare it to New York is like Sicilian, but it's not Sicilian. Mm-hmm. But then crust I'm definitely going to try it. You do. You do. I do have one more question. What's the, the, the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from John Calipari, and what's the best piece of advice you've ever given John Calipari? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't know if any advice, he, any advice he's given me. I just watched Cal from the first day I went to Memphis to the last day I was in Kentucky. And I just watched how he dealt with everybody, how he dealt with his staff, how he managed them, how he managed the administration and the people around him, uh, how he dealt with the players, uh, how he was straightforward. He never let anything go. You know, he addressed, he addressed situations so that they wouldn't get bigger. But he also never had a problem with having an uncomfortable conversation. And I felt, and I feel like that's leadership. I think sometimes people are scared to, one, tell the truth and be direct and straight. And, and I think that, that starts chicking into the armor. And I think he was great at that. I think he's great with people. Uh, I think he's a great marketer. He knows how to market himself. He knows how to market his university and his players. Uh, he's loyal to his players. He wants them to succeed. Uh, uh, so I just, I think more of just observing, like even coaching wise. I used to ask him questions, you know, why he did certain things. You know, I would ask him about personnel, why he played people, certain people this way, or why he started this one, or why he started that one. Because I just wanted to understand his mindset and what's his thought process, because he was all just interested to me. So it was never a thing. We sat down and gave me advice. I just listened to him. I observed uh, uh, what he what, what he what he did. And as far as me uh, 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 with him, I just think I, I tried to do everything he asked me to do. I tried mm-hmm. to make sure I was an assistant coach. I never tried to be the head coach. So any kind of uh, well, how can I say it? Any message he had to the players, I tried to convey that you know, in my own way, uh, and and just be that assistant coach. I think sometimes people forget it's called assistant coach for a reason. Mm. assistant head coach and take over that responsibility that he has you to do. Uh, and I try to make sure that I, that I have a relationship with the players. Try to make sure that I try to make sure that when Cal was hard, I was I was able to tell the kids why it's hard. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was able to get that message through because it's, sometimes it's hard. You got a head coach and he's drilling you with his own. Sometimes these kids can't take that. So mm-hmm. I got to be that voice to get them to kind of understand that. And I used to tell John Wall, Derek Ames, Tyreek Ames, this would be the hardest part of your basketball life. You know, because you get to college and you got these guys screaming at you and going at you and you just coming from high school and nobody said a word to you. And you're thinking you're the biggest deal out. 
how dare you? But but learning but learning to deal with that always helps. I would tell people Cal is tough. But that helps them because as soon as they get to the pros, ain't nobody screaming at them like that. Ain't nobody going at them like that. But to me, that's a test. You know, because you got to mature yourself. From high school to college, you know, we talk about getting on the court and working dudes out and all that. But there's a maturity level in between that you can help them with. Because when they come from high school, they think think they're it. They're the big deal. A lot of times, the adults in their lives treat them like peers. So they don't know the difference between adult and authority and themselves. Mm-hmm. So you get to college, and now we kind of help them along with that. And I used to always tell them, this would be the hardest part. Because when you get to the league, you know, you D-Rose, you are John Wall, Tyreek Evans, you cold. Y'all came into college cold. We didn't make y'all what y'all are. We helped you, you know, to advance. But you guys were already that. But, you know, just little lessons in between that, you know, helps you to understand. But once you get to the to the NBA, the court is so open, so spread. You're playing with all these great players. You're not going to have a college coach as a head coach in the pros. They're not going to scream at you, you know, every time you mess up. So I think it's an advantage sometimes. I think it's hard in the beginning, but I think it's it's the best thing that can happen to you. Rostrick on the line on Scoopy Ray. I know I said I had one more question. I got one last question. I promise this is the last question. It's all good. It's all good. Um, the NBA draft is this week, and uh, Trey Young uh, said that Rob Strickland has been influential. Uh, he gives he, me a lot of advice, good and bad games. He is someone I really look up to a lot. The fact that he credits you um, and the fact that people compare him to Steph Curry to me, that seems like two different players, but not really. Um, what do you think of Trey Young? Well, uh, I'm like, I admire Trey Young. Like, I'm, I'm a fan, and I'm honored that he said that. You know what I mean? Because we've talked a little bit. I've talked his father, you know, for the year. He played against West Virginia, played against the kids. That dude on Carter kid, my man, from Chicago. And, uh, you know, he had a seven-pound game. He reached out to me to ask him how he never had a game like that. And that basically told me, like, that's part of the process. Like, with that, with your experience that game, that's good. You know what I mean? Because now you know what's, you know, you know what's in front of you. Because he's going to do, you know, probably what people think is a blueprint to play. So I think he's going to make him better. And he's so scared and just this, like, you know, I'll have a small, I think he's just about to get that game and move on to the next and keep getting better. That's what that is going to happen. You know, you got to address that. But as far as the comparison with him and Steph, I, 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 I don't really want to use that. But uh, Trey Young, as great as he can shoot the ball, uh, he's really, really good at ball strength. He sees the court. Uh, so I think he has a great future. You know, the way the NBA is played now with the court spread, uh, you know, whether he's on the ball or off the ball, you know, he can make plays, he can get shot. The NBA is looking for shot makers. The NBA is threes, dropping the ball, and kicking for threes. Transition threes, ball screen. That's mostly the NBA. I think he's good enough to do that. Defensively, I have to get better. You know, the step, you know, we talked for the longest about step, and I'm not comparing, but we talked for a long, and for a long about step, not playing defense. You know, James Harden is killing him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He has to take the challenge. And he played better. You know, he played stronger, but he played better defense. 
can work in the championship against uh, Kingsland, and he played better defense. So Trey Young can get better. I'm wondering about it. I don't always look at it right now. I think you got to look and you got to kind of see a little further down. You know, we always like picking on the floors like too easily. Like they talked about his percentage. Uh, you know, he didn't shoot a good percentage in college. Well, he took he took some bad shots in college. You know, he forced some shots in college. But that was the college game. That was their system. But I think if he gets quality shots in the NBA, which he will, I think it becomes different. I watched Bradley real quick. I watched Bradley Bill in college against us at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We used to sit on the bench and watch him warm up. And I said, man, this is like the greatest shit. And in the, in the game, he was missing. Like that, that season, he was in college. I don't know if he left after one or two years. But whatever, his last year or his first year, he didn't really shoot the ball up. But he had a stroke. And I kept saying that. And then he goes to the NBA and he's hitting everything. So sometimes you know, college is different sometimes. Sometimes college is hard to even think. You know, because teams can focus on you. You know, they can put schemes and all that. But mm-hmm. when you get to the NBA, the court is open. That's that over with. I think Trey Young will be, you know, he'll have a great career. Brother, I want to thank you for coming on. It's truly an honor. Uh, you're one of the most underrated uh, point cards in the NBA. And I'm glad that in this next phase in life, um, I think you're going to become a coach. You may not become an all-star, but I see you <laughs> being around in the NBA for a long time in your post-career. Thanks. I appreciate that. I appreciate that big time. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining Scoopy Radio. You're officially off the hot seat. For sure. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day, good brother. Happy Father's Day. All right, man. All right, thanks. Scoopy Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.